0: altering we'll turn your Bibles to at acts, uh, acts James chapter 4 we're going to be finishing up James chapter 4 and as you guys are turning there I'm going to recap what we went through uh, last May we got together um, but before we start I'll uh, open in prayer Lord thank you so much for bringing us here today Lord in this season of where we just need some practical encouragement, some building up and lifting up. Lord, just being together, it draws our hearts to you, to one another as we walk through uh, trials and challenges, Lord. We need one another, and we thank you for this time. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you speak to us and teach us? And we just praise you for bringing us here together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as Francelle mentioned, I'm Lori Cook. I always forget that part because I figure everybody knows me, but I'm married to Lance for 36 years. We just celebrated. So by God's grace, we have three beautiful girls and three grandchildren, and they are joys of our life. We uh, are having such a blast. Boy, grandparenting is so much fun. It's it's way better than parenting. (laughs) It is but it's still, uh, there's still a requirement. Whether you're a friend or a parent or a grandparent, we need to be pouring into the next generation. So that is a beautiful privilege that God has given us. Um, So just to recap, so uh, last May in the very beginning, I was the one that that started off our, our season and I cautioned us about showing partiality in the church, in, in our church family. We talked about the royal law and in verse 8, um, which is do unto others as you want them to do to you. And we talked about the law of liberty, which represents the gospel of Christ. John 8, 36 says, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. What a beautiful Picture, that is. And mercy triumphs over judgment. James chapter 2, verse 13. The next week, Kayla discussed James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. And her title was Faith and Works. And her two points were talk, talking the talk and walking the walk. What people believe is how they will act. They might say over and over they're a Christian, but really, does their life Display fruit and what is true faith and what living out your faith truly looks like. And then Kelly spoke about loose lips, sinks, ships. And in James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, she challenged us about our words that our words should be seasoned with grace and our words should build up and encourage. But caution out of the same mouth we bless God and curse men in the likeness of God that should not be so Steph shared in James chapter 3 verses 13 to 18 she challenged us what kind of wisdom are we heeding or are we listening to is it godly wisdom is it worldly wisdom well demonic wisdom is from the world and when we Are making choices we don't want to follow demonic wisdom we want to say that we're walking in godly wisdom and so don't let the enemy fool you it was a very good study all of them have been wonderful but we know that war is traumatic and the effects are far-reaching but in the end times Matthew 24 verses 6 through 13 says there will be wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen but the end is still to come and right now according to the council on foreign relations global conflict tracker there are currently 27 ongoing conflicts worldwide africa is mostly in a terrorist in insurgency as well as civil wars there's the drug wars in mexico of course we know the russian ukraine war That has been ongoing and so tragic to watch. But knowing that across the world, there's 27 ongoing wars right now. The Oxford English Dictionary defines war as, number one, a state of armed conflict between different countries or different groups within a country. And number two, a state of hostility between different peoples or groups. And number three, a sustained campaign against an undesirable situation or activity in our book it said the, the wars that rage within the world are a reflection of the wars that rage inside people that's where war starts is inside our heart on page 203 in, in our book it says in the book of James we have read about the war war of the worlds the kingdom of God against the kingdom of men this conflict has many battlefronts the War of Words, which was in Lesson 7, Class War, which was in Lesson 5, and of course, Spiritual Warfare, which is all woven throughout the book of James. And the church was in the trenches and it was tough going. But while war is hell, peace is heavenly. And if you are suffering the trauma of kingdom warfare, look up. Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer for i have overcome the world john 16 33. having peace in the midst of war is an oxymoron right there's war around us but inside we can have that peace and that is only through jesus christ so our two points that we're going to cover on this portion of, of james chapter 4 number one Pride feeds strivings and conflict. And then number two, the opposite. Humility is the antidote for worldliness and peace. So look with me um, as you've turned to James chapter four, we're gonna consider verses one to three right now. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within your members? You lust and do not have, You murder and covet and cannot attain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Wow, James just takes no time. It goes right to the source, right to the heart of the matter. And to answer this first question, where do wars or where do fights come from, is our first point. It comes from the pride within. It feeds the strivings and the conflicts that we experience. Is anyone in war right now? You might be striving against family, against your marriage, against friends or neighbors if you've ever experienced that it is no fun anybody been in those kind of conflicts lately or maybe you are in that and and it's really it is a daily battle it is a pressure that is so hard to catch your breath and to actually have that peace we actually many many years ago we've lived in many many houses but many years ago we were actually in war with our neighbors and they were not happy that we were Doing a lot of improvements to a 1958 house that was starting to break down, and so we had a lot of renovations. And so there were always work trucks there, but you know, we were improving, we were adding new fences and and landscape and trees. And I remember um, getting the police called on us because we planted a very small queen palm. Do you guys know what a queen palm is? It, It barely has. Three little branches, right? When you get them from Home Depot, they're about that tall, right? But they called the police because the tree that we had just planted was over, was on their property line. It was actually on our property line, but it was over the fence. And, of course, how obvious that they were not upset at that. They were just upset at us. And, boy, did they let all the other neighbors know. And they created this crazy war, and it was so terrifying because as we would drive up to the house you know they would stop us and I can't believe all the trouble that you're causing and it was so uh, disheartening and so once we closed the door we're like okay we finally uh, have peace but but driving up to our our house each day and leaving and all of that it was so the the conflict was so thick So that war happens because of pride and that war is within ourselves and it's with others and it's through offense, it brings offense and and aren't we easily offended these days? We fight for our rights, we want our utopia of our perfect little world in which we think that, that it should happen and when that world is disrupted then we are upset and so we begin to war it might start with a dirty look it might start with lots of other things and it's just we can't allow ourselves to be unbiblical because we think we're justified in our actions um, because of the war that is going on in our own hearts we lie and we treat others terribly all justified but it's completely wrong and sinful The Lord is grieved in these fights that we have among each other. And Satan is pleased because he wants to stir up those griefs and those um, wars within us. And and James tells us that it comes from our desires in our hearts. And the enemy is orchestrating these desires for pleasure and its pride. We have to be careful. Verse 2 says, we lust and do not have. Well, what is lust? Lust in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary is this, to have carnal desire, to desire eagerly the gratification of carnal appetites, provoking to sensuality and desiring things contrary to God. So it says that we lust and we don't have. So the things that we're desiring, we shouldn't desire. But we don't get them. The next verse says, you murder and covet and cannot attain. Well, murder is the act of lawfully killing a human being uh, with premeditated malice by a person of sound mind to destroy, to put an end to. To The word covet means to desire or to wish for with eagerness, to desire earnestly to obtain or possess. And we're constantly frustrated um, within our heart we're just in this constant state of frustration pride is brewing in our hearts and it feeds murder and covetousness well we may not pull a gun out and kill our sister but we can sure pull out our tongue and kill them with words verse 3 yet you do not have because you do not ask and you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss so what's happening here it's we fight and we war, yet we don't have. And we, we don't have because we don't ask. The things that we're asking for don't line up with God's word, with, with God's desire, his will for our lives. And that's how we spend our prayer time. What an accusation. Wow. The word amiss is off target. And is that true for us? Are our prayers off target? Are we, or do they line up with God's will? Well, you might say, I don't murder. And yet we know Proverbs 18 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you want to, do you bring death by your words? Or do you bring life? Do you speak life? Do you encourage or build up? What do you feast on? Is it gossip, tasty little treats of spice on people? Do you love to pass that on to others? Do you realize how damaging this is to others? If you've ever been the object of someone's gossip, you completely understand what this does to others. And so stop it before it grows into something grotesque. Proverbs twenty nineteen says, he, but I added a little less, it says, she who goes about as a slander reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. Steer clear of those women who want to be the first to tell you something about others. Stay away, don't listen to their conversations. They're toxic and harmful to you and the body of Christ. See those little tasty morsels, they, you, you kind of say, oh no, I didn't, I didn't wanna know that. And then it just keeps coming up in your mind. And, and pretty soon it could even influence your heart maybe towards that person. And so we have to guard our heart. We have to be careful. Proverbs 16, 28 says, gossip separates the best of friends. But Ephesians 4:31 says, let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, which is malicious gossip. And that's to hurt another person. Matthew 12 verse 36, Jesus says that every idle word that men shall speak or women shall speak, um, we're going to give account to on that, on that day of judgment. And it's by your words that you will be justified and it's by your words that you will be condemned and so our words they have power they can destroy or they can bring encouragement and life to a withered heart we will give an account for every word that comes out of our mouth and so this is a huge word of caution and what so the question is what words are coming out of our mouth Where does the enemy use our tongue? He might use our tongue in social media. And so we have to certainly use caution and be careful. James 4, uh, 4 through 5, it says this. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in us uh jealous yearns jealously and so james is calling us adulterers not in the physical sense of the word but in a spiritual sense our hearts are being drawn away to really desire other things that we shouldn't be desiring an adulterer is a violation Of the marriage covenant and james refers to this violation as in a spiritual sense we have violated our covenant to the lord our hearts are drawn away and maybe chasing relationships with other things that we think can bring us satisfaction and that's where we have to be careful we can't love the world and god at the same time the spirit yearns jealousy he wants all of our heart not just part of it Let's look at verse six, but he gives more grace. That's the good news. He gives us more grace. Therefore, or because of this, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I am so grateful for his abundant grace, aren't you? Isn't that so amazing just to to worship, just to think of that and feast on that. Lord, thank you for your grace and ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me how you're going to use this grace in my life that I can show grace to others? In our book, page 216, it says, Pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats the very possibility of love or contentment and even common sense. C.S. Lewis said that. I thought, wow, we know that pride is so destructive. We know that it, it... as as cancer just eats away at the vital organs in your body pride does that in our soul it's it's it feeds it feeds on the cells itself pride feeds on more pride and then it actually even just eats away at your common sense like you're not even thinking straight so uh wise words of c.s lewis but god hates pride it divides us from the lord We can even have a spiritual pride or even a self-righteousness, which is equally destructive, but God gives more grace. Perhaps we can extend that to others and look for those opportunities to show others that. So the root of these strivings and wars is pride. However, our second point, humility, is the antidote for worldliness and for uh, God's peace. So let's look at verses 7 through 9. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Why do we battle against authority? We see it in our kids. We see it in our society. We even see it in the Bible with with Eve and Lucifer and so many others. And we see it in our own hearts. And yet this battle in our hearts will weaken our power to fight the enemy. There's an order to resisting the devil. Spiritual warfare is real and evident even more so that the enemy knows that his time is short on this earth. Have you guys seen it so much more? He is a defeated foe. We can't win the spiritual battles if we are not submitted to God. If you're wondering, why am I not winning this battle? Look at your life. If you have no spiritual power against the enemy, possibly you aren't in the right position with the Lord. And so sin will weaken your witness and your fitness to fight the spiritual wars. If you haven't had a chance to listen to pastor stan he taught on august 20th um, on spiritual warfare and it was a fantastic study if you came to first service go back and listen second service was different and uh so listen to to pastor stan on august 20th if you have our app or our website or whatever channel you use um but it was a, a fantastic study on spiritual warfare so the first part spiritual warfare is that you have to submit to God and this is the key if you want victory in your life you must submit to him his will his word submission means to humble yourself to bow your heart down to rank under God's authority unconditional surrender this is so hard and yet it's so important that you turn from any sin in your life once you've repented of your sin satan doesn't have a foothold in your life anymore and he can't weaken your witness if you've asked the lord for forgiveness and for cleansing in that area the enemy can't throw that fiery missile into your heart again and we know that that happens we know that the battle is in our mind and the thoughts that we think but when we stand in a place of victory and in confidence in him you are in a strong position to win that spiritual war so the next step is to resist the devil resist noted in our book is a military term to battle against exert opposition we must resist the devil and not give him any room in our lives resistance uses strength and this is how we build spiritual fitness and strength is gained by using resistance to build muscles. Hence, you go to the gym and what are they doing? They're lifting weights or they have resistance bands or you just start with body weight. That is a good resistance to start out, but start something because you will start to gain strength in your core and in your, your arms and legs, but it's using resistance. An example, let's say a robber breaks into your house. Are you just gonna sit on the couch and say, oh my, A robber just broke into my house no you got kids in their rooms you are gonna do whatever it takes to get that guy out of the house not to scare you but uh, everyone's gonna lock their doors and their windows we're not opening them even on hot days right but but if a robber comes in you're gonna use strength against him and of course you want to protect your loved ones you want to protect your home and we too must not let the enemy have victory in our lives And if he tells you you're a loser and you can't do anything and you can't go to church and look at it and and he is a condemner, and don't just lay on the floor and take it. You have to rise up and you have to fight with spiritual tools that we've been given. But if we don't resist him, then guess what? He's going to have us bound up in fear, in doubt, in no confidence he's going to have us bound up and it first starts with the toehold and then it starts with the stronghold and by that time you're obeying everything he's saying don't go outside don't do this don't do that and you find yourself doing all of these things that pop into your mind because of fear You, you know don't drive down that street don't do this and and that's not how we win the battle that the enemy is raging against our soul we have to resist him Our part is to resist the enemy. God's part will make him flee. And so the the next part is we need to cleanse our hands. Well, we need to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. We need to sit before him quietly and say, Lord, where have I failed? What do I need cleansing in my life? And he'll show you. And if you've done wrong, fix it. And whatever you're doing, make sure that it glorifies God. Purify your heart. That's another step. You know, trials, they, they purify us, don't they? They test us. They break us down. They humble us. And they burn away anything that doesn't please the Lord. So don't be afraid of trials, as we've already talked about in James chapter 1, right? Count it all joy. we We, we talked about that early on in 23. And maybe you're just joining us today or maybe you're joining us online and you're like, I haven't listened to that you can go back because we've recorded everything so use those resources on archive teachings and then scroll to the bottom women's teachings and that's where all of our women's studies are and so you can go back um, if you don't have the book you can get that but you can get caught up it is amazing James he puts everything out there for us and it is just practical advice on how to win these battles and these trials that we find ourselves in well let's look at um, James 4 verse 9b and that is let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up I was talking to my daughter and um she was saying and i do the same thing she you know she she says oh my husband like slammed his thumb under the <laughs> the hammer and and it should be like oh no and she's like she's laughing and i'm do i do the same thing i i think it's funny sometimes you know it's it's kind of a nervous laughter that that kind of helps me through uh serious and and tough times <laughs> and, and and i have to i have to apologize to lance i'm sorry i'm laughing i know this isn't funny but that is just my nervous response, I guess. But um, but James here, he's saying, don't be just laughing about things that are serious. Let's mourn about the, the sin, the, the loss, these things that, that we have to have the right response for. We got to get serious about submitting ourselves under the Lord. We should grieve over our sin enough to repent from our sin. And a humble heart before God is optimal and it's attainable it's not something that's impossible we can we can have a humble heart if you find yourself with with a heart that is is really resisting what god is asking you to do we have the antidote on how to win these wars it is to humble ourselves well what does a humble heart look like psalm 113 verses 5 through 6 says who is like the lord our god who dwells on high who humbles himself To behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth he is our example he is the epitome of full humility when we observe his life we see how to conduct ourselves and the appeals of this world fade away as we experience Jesus and maybe the world is appealing to you and you're trying to run from the world just run to Jesus There is a beautiful new song that just came out, I think, last week by Phil Wickham. It is called The Jesus Way. And it has been on repeat in my my music, on my phone. Um, But I I put some lyrics um, here in my study. It says, If you curse me, I will bless you. If you hurt me, I will forgive. If you hate me, then I will love you. Oh, I choose the Jesus Way. I follow Jesus, He wore my sin. I'll gladly wear his name. He is the treasure. He is the answer. Oh, I choose the Jesus way. If you're helpless, I will defend you. If you're burdened, I'll share the weight. And if you're hopeless, then let me show you. It's hope. There's hope in the Jesus way. If you strike me, I will embrace you. If you chain me, I'll sing his praise. And if you kill me, my home is heaven, for I choose the Jesus way. Have you guys heard that? Amazing. I have to just listen because my mind has a different way, but I choose the Jesus way. It is a choice. It's like submitting to Jesus. That's a choice. Our choices will bring the peace of God. If we choose the way of the world, we won't have peace. When we are in right standing with the Lord, fully submitted to his authority, walking humbly before God, we will have peace even in the midst of the storm. So draw near to God, humble, humbling our hearts towards him, and he always responds with the seeking heart, and he will bring his peace. And so humility is the antidote for worldliness and peace. And so in closing, just those two points, I wanna remind us, so pride feeds the strivings and the conflicts. On the contrary, humility is, is the antidote. It's, it's the answer, it's the help, it's the secret for worldliness and for God's peace. Sin will weaken your witness and your fitness to fight those spiritual wars. So let's pour our lives into those things that that matter. Next week, don't speak evil of a brother. James 4, verse 11 to 17. Let's close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you thanking you for just these wise words, these words that bring life to our soul. Lord, I want to lift up any woman that maybe isn't isn't experiencing your peace. And Lord, I pray that through this study that you might have tugged on her heart. You have revealed so much to me as I've been chewing this over the last month. And you brought that song just in the nick of time. And I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do. Bless the time in our groups, in Jesus' name, amen.